0: On this week's episode of Marketing a Clock,
1: we're talking shop, in market audiences for shopping campaigns, that is.
0: And the clock is tick tocking on the potential Oracle
1: ByteDance deal.
2: We covered how YouTube is moving in a new direction that's actually kind of old with shorts.
1: We proved that we'd be the worst podcast ever for insurance ads.
2: Shop talked about a Facebook Messenger ploy. We can pay $10 to watch with a group of people to skip Kenny Chesney at the AMAs just so <laughs> you can listen to Miss Swift.
0: And we all sat back and relaxed while Greg gave us the scoop on some Chrome news.
2: Oh, on today's show.
3: Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingo'clock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.
1: Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld,
2: AKA Shep.
1: I'm Jess Budd.
2: And I'm Greg Finn.
1: And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on September 18th, 2020. Remember,
0: you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning.
2: All your digital marketing news from the week.
0: Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join us in the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere.
1: And thank you, everyone, for joining us again for another episode. It's a beautiful day. It's smelling great. What is going on with you, Greg?
2: Well, for me, I'm always dubious when my wife says that I've got an idea. (laughs) Usually when she says, I've got an idea, it translates into me doing work. One time I was at PubCon Vegas, and she said, I've got an idea. And she ordered all these doors for the house. Instead of like the plain flat doors, you could see it's like the fluted doors in there and ordered like 15 doors. And then they were the wrong size. And I had to take them on a table saw and get each one, the right specs, drill all the holes in them plane everything down. And and so when she says, I've got an idea, it usually means more work for me. So I'm like, Oh no. And she goes, well, it's the twins birthday this Thursday. Let's give them a tree house for the birthday. And she said this on Saturday morning. I'm like, Oh boy, a tree! For a
1: couple days. Yeah. You just knocked down the tree.
2: No, I have a couple other garbage trees that aren't down. So, so this weekend I built a treehouse in two and a half days, basically.
1: I want to yeah. see it. Yeah. yeah. Cool yeah. Do you have? Okay.
2: I bought a slide, so maybe I'll wait till next week when we can put it up on screen. The slide will be there. I bought a cargo net. Oh We built God. a treehouse. Can and I yeah, move so in? <laughs> it's pretty cool. It doesn't have a roof yet. It's just gonna have a tarp roof but she's you like should
1: get some wi-fi yeah. and record from there
2: yeah it's a the great w- idea the worst <laughs> thing is it was her idea to have me do this right yeah. and i'm just going to lowe's and hauling pressure treated lumber and doing all this and she's like oh wasn't my idea so great it's like, i've been <laughs> outside in the rain building a tree house <laughs> like
0: <laughs> your idea was great sure How about an assist? It's a
1: pretty good idea.
0: It is a good idea. She's going to get all the credit too. And is it hidden
1: until the birthday or?
0: No, the
2: kids have seen it. It's kind of hard to be like, where's dad? (laughs) dad
0: (laughs) He's out in that tree. Happy birthday to your kids. And Happy parenting anniversary to you.
1: People forget about the parents. Uh, And to you, Jess. Thanks.
0: You guys both have
1: kids' birthdays this week. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, what's going on at your house?
0: My house? Well, I burnt myself this weekend on a heating pad, an electric heating pad. Like you read the warnings, they're like, Don't fall asleep with this. You could burn yourself or start a house fire. Like, guys, those warnings are no joke. I woke up, I was like, Why is my thigh burning? And I have like a blistering burn. I just read the warnings on all your products, kids, and don't fall asleep with a heating pad or use those fun old fashioned like corn bags that you can just microwave because those can't catch on fire. You can probably still burn yourself, but I don't know. I just I've been <laughs> putting so aloe on a it. Yeah, it's like black. It's
1: That's crazy. It's really scary.
0: Yeah, it will heal things. fine. I'm not worried. I just I know I love those things. They're my go-to if I'm cold, it's not even in pain, but I just public service announcement everyone like adhere to the warning.
1: <laughs> and don't forget you guys, if you have a grievance to air or a spicy take to share, anything you want to get off your chest, our phone lines are now open. So you can visit com. Leave us a message and you might hear your voice on the show next week. We had some really great contributions last week.
2: Yes, and we had a great contribution this week. And it's your way to get in front of a couple thousand listeners here. (laughs) And we had somebody named Eddie, Eddie Z. Let's hear from Eddie this week.
3: Hey team, love the show. First time caller, long time listener. I'm calling in regards to some historical inaccuracies that have been shared on this podcast in regards to a certain host's spouse. The claims that the Celtics were the best team for us to be rooting for in this house are incorrect. The uh, start date for my work was incorrect as well, going back to the office. It was a day earlier than reported And also, I would like to note that the murder podcasts and forensic files are on for longer than the football app is on. Again, (laughs) love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm looking forward to my clockster in the mail.
2: And in case you didn't know, that's Chef's husband. And I like we got a new research team. We've got like an R&D team now.
1: He's like the fact checker.
0: It's important. We always claim to have had one, and we don't. so <laughs> he's
1: hired. Well, it's Klockker. He's called it a clockster. And I, of all the things, the terrible things I say, that's what he's worried about that I was one day off on going back to work, whatever.
0: I'm actually surprised he didn't bring up Phantom of the Opera. He yes, forgot. So we need to hear about that. <laughs> uh, he's he just still wants to
1: forget. To this
2: day, scared of the Phantom of the Opera. But as oh, he said, we'll goodness. all root for the Celtics for him to have a good year.
1: Yeah. Go Irish dudes.
0: <laughs> And don't forget, everyone, you can see our beautiful smiling faces over on YouTube. You can catch the full show every week or just grab the main news in bite-sized bits with our marketing o'clock minis. You'll find it all on the Search Engine Journal channel. That's Search Engine Journal, one word with no spaces when you search for it. And if you do watch us this week, you'll get to see but not smell us. Unfortunately, we have beautiful candles going in the background. We are all burning lovely scents from from home shopping. Yes.
1: Harry Slatkin. Home
2: Shopping Network jessica how dare you this is qvc, is it QVC?
0: <gasps> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry
2: yes these are hsn these what? are wow wait wow
1: you can't just say that <laughs> why not <laughs> you would do terrible on the on either of the networks as a host you can't just right, say that's why that I'm here. <laughs> we're burning the product in the background you got to support it promote it
2: yes these right. in case you didn't listen two weeks ago Yes, they're very, very fancy. We've got the hairy candles from
1: <laughs> Harry, QVC.
2: Slatkin. Harry Slatkin candles. I went to the bank, took out a, a home equity loan, and we <laughs> bought a three pack of the candles. Just what flavor do you have?
0: I have uh, the spice white pumpkin flavor, which I don't know if it's any different than a regular orange pumpkin, but it's lovely.
2: I have the orange pumpkin right here, chef. What do oh. you have?
1: Yeah, it's different. I have Scarlet Woods, which Harry said was the second best flavor he's ever made of any candle. It smells a lot like um, when you go into a candle store, that smell.
0: So all the smells.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jess, what's your review of the White Spiced?
0: I loved it. So I wrote notes throughout the week just so I wouldn't forget to say anything. Um, wow. I just, I it smells so good. It smells like kind of like a pumpkin latte if you were to order one and all week, like, this is the first time I'm actually burning it, but all week I've just been taking off the lid and like huffing it. Cause it smells so good. So hey, maybe you stars. should be on.
1: That was <laughs> a great you. review. Thank you so right. much. And I have right? regular
2: pumpkin. So I, I'd call this death by pumpkin. It feels like you're being suffocated from a pumpkin and you can't get out. It's like <laughs> you're the glutton in the movie seven, just pumpkins all over. That's what okay. it is.
1: Okay, well, thank you for sending us these. Um, The next time you (laughs) ship anything, your tape job was just a little overkill. Wait, did it break? No, but I almost sliced my hand open like four times, but I really appreciate it. Thank you for the candle.
0: And thanks for choosing the scents that you did for each of us because I really feel like I won the lottery.
2: (laughs) All right, and please leave us a review. Say something nice. Give us a recommendation. Tell somebody who'd like to hear this show about us. It makes us all worthwhile.
1: And jumping into the news this week, I have something nice to say about Google today. Actually, I'm just going to say something nice about Stephen Johns at Stephen Johns 21. 21 got another one. I don't know if you've ever heard of him because he found this news. Nobody else is really talking about it. And I think it's a really big deal. You can now add in-market audiences to Google shopping campaigns. You could do them for display. You could do them for search. This is brand new. And these audiences are really geared towards e-commerce stuff. So everyone should really check this out and look at all the audiences in there, see if there are any good ones to apply to their shopping campaigns. And I just loved Stephen's enthusiasm. He said, got my first ever in-market audience click for a shopping ad with a huge 10% CTR, which for shopping is mental. <laughs> that's just such a great like British um, adjective that I think we should start using here.
2: Yeah, that's why Sir yeah. Stephen Johns. We-
1: I know. we don't have anything nice like that. So yeah, you can apply these to your campaigns. You can bid up or down on them with bid adjustments. You can target them. You can exclude them. Um, the, I will say I've noticed lately when you're looking for audiences in there, it's super annoying to like type in an idea and come up with good options. Like it doesn't order them. It's Google. They should like know how to search for things, but they don't. But actually, we at Cypress North have a really awesome list of all the in-market audiences available, so we will definitely link to that in the show notes so people have it.
2: Mm -hmm. You're welcome. And and a little bit later in the show, I'm going to give you a tip about observing versus targeting and some things that I've seen specifically. It's related to shopping, but obviously we don't have a ton of data because it's new. So stick around to the working hard, hardly working section.
0: All right, next up, a few days ago, it was announced that Oracle won the bid for TikTok over Microsoft, whom everybody pretty much thought was gonna buy the platform. But if you read beyond the headline, which kids, as a reminder, it is important to do that with news. It turns out that it's not looking like an actual formal sale or even a transfer of ownership of TikTok's coveted algorithms. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Just that Oracle would be TikTok's trusted technology partner in the US. So, to expand on this a little bit, according to the New York Times, and this is a quote ByteDance designed a proposal to alleviate the pressure it was facing from China and the United States and to mollify all sides. Specifically, it structured the deal to satisfy some of Mr. Trump's concerns while dodging new Chinese regulations that could allow Beijing to block an outright sale of TikTok. Further, Another quote, under the terms, TikTok would bring on Oracle, a business software firm that is close with the White House as a trusted technology partner, and that role could involve Oracle's handling of TikTok's user data, not just in the U.S., but around the world. So it, this isn't finalized yet. The deal is still under review by some like super secret multi-agency team of advisors that are going to give a formal recommendation to the president, and that's supposed to happen this week. As of the time of this recording though, I haven't seen anything come through. So we'll for sure talk about it if and when we do. Quick we're question running Jess. out of time.
2: Yeah, we're running yeah. out of time. But I think one of the sticking points, at least if it was me and I was Mr. Oracle,
0: <laughs> does
2: the Honey House come in this?
0: Uh, I think the Honey House, you know what? They're just going wherever the buzz is, right? Oh
1: my God. They need their <laughs> own app.
0: They're going to I, be wherever TikTok is.
1: I can't look away. I'm ashamed. Ever since I discovered them, I've like checked back three times this week to see what they're up to. It's bad.
0: I had forgotten about them and I'm mad that now they're back in my mind. So well, for anyone that doesn't remember, the Honey Houses are the adults on TikTok, right? And they're
1: all living together. But it's an adult couples only TikTok house. They do a lot of hopscotch.
0: It's like the Sandals Resort of TikTok. It's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. Anyway, uh, this is dumb too because we're running out of time, right? We don't have a lot of time for this. So September 20th, I think, was the deadline to halt commercial transactions in the U.S. And that's this weekend. So I don't know what you guys are doing with your weekend. Maybe you're watching some sports, but this is just as good. Just Finishing a treehouse. <laughs> Well, between that and this, you are going to be busy. So, I don't know. We'll probably have more to talk about next week. But for now, just FYI, Microsoft is out of the picture. Oracle is trying, but it's not going to be a sale. We don't really know. Nobody, though, is talking about Kesha, who back in 2009, as huh,
2: Somebody is talking about Kesha. Me. Mark.
0: <laughs> I guarantee right. you
2: right now, Mark is talking about Kesha.
0: And I wish that he was on this week. To back me up here, but I feel like if she had a crystal ball back in 2009, like she would have picked a different name for her debut single because nobody thinks of her when they think of TikTok anymore. It's just this mess. And I I
1: hate it. I'm sad for her. She should have trademarked it. You're right. Maybe she should have.
0: But again, she would have had to have that crystal ball. But I'm sure Mark will talk about it in his glorious recaps of the show. But I just, it makes me sad. Like this has ruined that phrase. It was a great song. She's a great performer. We've talked about it. I won't beat the point home, but Kesha is TikTok and the rest of this mess. We'll just see.
2: Well, thankfully I'm not too up on her discography, but I don't believe she has a (laughs) song called shorts because this week YouTube (laughs) has launched shorts. It's a new way to watch and create on YouTube. So they said that it is a beta that's rolling out in India currently And it's a short form video experience right on YouTube for creators and artists who want to shoot short, catchy videos using nothing but their mobile phones. Haven't heard of this before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not just for original content shot on your phone, but it's also for any mobile creator that has existing short videos you can upload that it's not just like you have to have original content and they're focusing on three main areas so the first is create and they want to have the creation of short form video there's going to be a multi-segment camera so you can string multiple video clips together you're also going to be have the option to record with music from a large library of songs that will continue to grow and when i thought of this i just thought of youtube and i was hoping it wasn't going to be like the youtube library That you have to pick from, you know, and you're like, do a little dance, quick wardrobe change, add a filter, do another dance, (laughs) hashtag Honey House, right? Is that the Killers? What was that? No, you know, YouTube music, the garbage YouTube music that every video has.
1: (laughs) What was that one called?
2: Well, that was called "Every Day" by Jason Farham.
1: Oh, there's an artist. Good for him.
2: (laughs) Throw a Grammy at that guy. So hopefully they get some better music from them. And I'm sure that they will. They've also changed Google Play Music into Google. Your YouTube Music is what they're pushing now. Probably not going to be here in six months, but who knows. And then additionally, when you record your video, there's going to be a timer and a countdown so you can record hands-free and see the countdown as how much more dancing you have left to do. All right. And then lastly, with this push, they'll allow you to be discovered. So they're going to try to surface these shorts a little bit higher. They had talked about the fact that there's a new row on the YouTube homepage that is specially made for short videos. You'll be able to swipe right or left to go back and forth between the shorts. What are your thoughts on this, guys?
1: Um, I mean... It's, like, fall, so, like, short season is over. But that, that was my first reaction. But then I found out it was about short videos. Is It's that, fine. Is,
2: is that Jess over there?
1: <laughs> That's not a pun. I mean,
2: it's a roundabout pun, but, yeah.
1: No, like, I, I don't watch YouTube for, like, entertainment like that. No, but, you know, what? everybody else is doing
0: it. And YouTube is kind of the place for videos. So they might as well try it. It just to me it's very social networky which YouTube isn't right YouTube That's
2: is that's my thought is YouTube has this really cool ability to almost be TV and be a TV replacement when there are no sports I wouldn't watch TV I'd watch YouTube and watch people blacksmithing and making stuff and going camping and weird things like that that's what I watch and it's yeah. I just watch YouTube I don't want to watch shorts on YouTube
0: and yeah, it's actually I- long form content that people
1: actually watch.
2: And the funny thing is they (laughs) cited the first video ever uploaded to YouTube. And like the first video ever uploaded to YouTube was 18 seconds. This proves short videos are good. It's like, it doesn't prove anything. You got somebody with the elephant. You're talking about how you have a long trunk. It doesn't mean that in the year 2020, you should make short videos, 15 seconds only. That's not what YouTube is about, but whatever. I mean, hey, if, if, if TikTok gets banned, maybe the honey house will head over there.
1: (laughs) I mean,
0: reels aren't taking off, so give shorts a try.
1: (laughs) And next year, in news that Marketing O'Clock reported like a month ago, Google has launched their new custom audiences, which are a combination of custom intent and custom affinity. So these are for display and YouTube targeting. And when you're building your keyword lists as if it was a custom intent audience, you can choose people with any of these interests or purchase intentions or people who searched for any of these terms on Google or YouTube. So a note here, they said custom affinity custom affinity audiences with keywords will convert to people with any of these interests or purchase intentions, as will display custom intent. Custom intent audiences on YouTube, Gmail, and discovery campaigns will convert to people who searched for any of these terms on Google properties. So you're gonna wanna check if any of these automatically switched over and make sure you like the way they did it. And there's also a separate box to add your URLs and apps now. I made the mistake the first time I tried this of putting it in the keyword list, but you can't do it there. The coolest part is the places, the place targeting now. Everyone should really look into this. There's a lot of really cool B2B ones, which I didn't think there would be at first. There's like manufacturing plants, attorneys, Historical sites. Jess, I feel like you guys are always at a historical site. We try to be whenever we can. (laughs) The restaurants are like really narrow categories, like every different type of cuisine you could ever dream of. Things I've never heard of. Public transit stops. Like everyone just needs to spend an hour looking for all the possibilities on this for all their clients, but there's no list, which is annoying. You have to type every single one in and see what you can find. And it's also a bummer because nobody's going anywhere right now. But I mean when they start if, to again, it'll do you be know nice. If you could
2: Target urgent care so you could really target just well after a heat blank. <laughs> after my
1: burn. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking
0: for urgent care and historical sites, that's me.
1: I didn't look for like hospitals. There's definitely gotta be like a brewery one too. There's gotta be.
0: Also, there's gotta be one for home, right? Everybody's in that audience right now, to your point. I would you think target so. everyone, target home.
1: Everyone's always at home anyway. You can't target that. <laughs> okay. So, the biggest thing to remember here, also, I think I already said something was the biggest thing to remember, but just keep in mind any additional box that you add after your keywords is going to be like an or targeting stipulation. So, it's going to make your audience more broad. You can't use those to narrow it, at least at this point. So, just be careful when you're building these. And you can still see your reach and everything on the side when you're building them. So, super cool. Check it out. Um,
3: Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you.
1: We simply deliver the take for your consumption.
2: We give no opinions. We don't influence.
1: You make the call.
2: This week's Take of the Week comes from somebody you heard last week here on the show in person. Well, I guess via phone call. (laughs) It's Kirk Williams at Kirk Williams on Twitter. Spicy Kirk is back And over on Search Engine Land, he wrote an article. And this is the entire take, the name of this article. This decade's most important marketing question, what data rights do advertisers possess? And one of the things I admire about Kirk here is that he really tries to look at both sides of things and breaks down what we've been yammering on about for the past two weeks, the search terms going away and at a higher level. What should advertisers be able to see? Where should privacy start? And what is the line really that should be towed there? So it's a great article. There's also some good discussion that he's got over on Twitter. So follow him at, oh, it's at PBC Kirk on Twitter. Apologies. I don't even know who Kirk Williams is, but he's probably a great guy. He's a Kirk. So check that <laughs> out and check out the article over in Search Engine Land. You won't be disappointed. Thank you, Kirk.
1: And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I?
2: This is something you just might not have
0: seen.
1: Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I see YMI people from David Herman at Herman Digital on Twitter. He shares a small hack that many don't even realize is there. Pinterest trends. Probably one of the only true trend reports on, social, on the social space outside Google. Here's how much travel has flatlined. Notice the uptick at the end of April before the wave of COVID cases. And it is this pinterest trends report you'll see it in the show notes or if you're watching on youtube and it shows the travel trends on pinterest throughout the year and it is very wild and i feel like that first uptick is all the people being like oh last chance we got to get home i don't think <laughs> it, was it was like Greg on the upticks
0: yeah, it was New New City. like too late
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no greg's cruise was in like march right it was just before yeah. oh yeah I he mean,
2: was already
0: on the cruise he's
1: to the, be honest, out of the trends
2: to be honest, it wasn't me there on Pinterest, but yeah, I was checking, <laughs> can I get home, please?
1: Yeah, so this is a really cool thing. I didn't I've never looked at this before, but for planning ahead for 2021, if we are trying to plan, it seems like everything just changing so fast. This seems like a cool tool that everyone should check out. So thank you very much, David.
3: Now it's time for this week's lightning round.
1: Pew Pew.
3: At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid. Organic and social.
1: And first up in the paid universe this week, this is more in the true crime universe. We have an update from Colin Slattery at CJ Slattery. He says, Who's ready for some more exciting Google Ads hidden click data? Visible clicks, 985. CPC, 24 cents. Conversions, 76. Cost per, conver- cost per conversion, $3.04. Invisible clicks, 116 CPC, $1.48, up from 24 cents. Conversions, three. Cost per conversion, $55.97. This is just absolute horse heck.
2: And if you aren't watching on YouTube, that is for visible clicks, $3 per conversion. For invisible clicks, as, as Colin said, it is $55.97.
1: It's just exactly what we thought. Like significant is just the ones that they don't want us to know about because we don't want to target those people. It's so bad. Criminal. I,
2: it is criminal, but can I just do a little devil's advocate in my accounts? And feel free to, to tell me if I'm wrong. I've actually seen the hidden clicks performing well so far. I think it's probably to appease advertisers and they're going to make those clicks worse and worse, yeah. is my hypothesis. But I haven't seen what Colin's seen. What Colin is showing is, as you said, Shep, criminal.
1: And next up, we have news from Andrew Hutchinson at Social Media Today. Google is introducing a new way to measure video campaign performance for true view, skippable in stream ads, local campaigns, and app campaigns. They've promised this by the end of the year and it is called engaged view conversions. This is how they explain it. EVCs, you know, they love an acronym. Mm -hmm. EVCs measure the conversions that take place after someone views 10 seconds or more of your skippable ad, but doesn't click and then converts within a set amount of days. EVCs are a more robust way to measure conversions than view through conversions that take place after a person views an impression of your ad, but doesn't click. So, This seems like what Greg was talking about, where people are using YouTube as like TV. And if you're watching something on the YouTube app, like those terrible toothbrushing commercials I get during my Real Housewives clip sometime. Have you seen those? They're, what
0: toothbrushing? There's like this
1: toothbrushing, actually I think it's for insurance or something somehow, but the lady's like (laughs) brushing her teeth and her mouth is just foaming up with toothpaste. Have I talked about this on the show before? No, it no, is I've seen so this. disturbing. And like, I have, I'll be on my elliptical and I have to close my eyes because I'm going to throw up. It's so gross. If
0: you keep watching, doesn't someone sink into the couch? Too? Yeah. It's That's that like one, a pet right?
1: peeve of mine. People talking to me when they brush their teeth, like get away from me and you're going to put it. I'm one of five siblings. I, gr- you know, I had roommates in college. People try to talk to you when they're brushing their teeth and it's just, it's terrible i keep wanting to say criminal it's mental in the world of Stephen johns
0: <laughs> mental is good though right
1: in british no. slang
0: no
2: i don't think so no. i don't know
1: i don't know i'm not steven leave i think it a can voice be mail. good or bad it's like it's crazy i think right ah, okay wild yeah yeah mental. wild uh ron weasley says it in harry potter a lot but anyway you know skippable ad i'm skipping that but maybe if i want insurance later i'll buy it I'm not necessarily going to click through from the ad, so hopefully this is a better form of measurement. Love to see it. It,
2: it really is. You're not going to buy any insurance from that. You know, you thought it was a tooth toothbrush commercial to start. Yeah, that was a made, bad example. Was it Allstate? Was it Progress? Was it Flow brushing her teeth? Like, well, who was it?
1: Hmm, I don't remember. Jess said she's seen it too. I really think it's a commercial for batteries. <laughs> Great ad! Oh, it is for batteries because the toothbrush In doesn't the tooth die. Brush. Yeah, You're right. <laughs>
0: Go get your insurance check. Yeah. I'll count that. It's that confirmed. just shows
1: they're doing a terrible job, though. Hello, Duracell.
2: <laughs> I'd like my car insured.
1: Okay, moving on. According to a new study from Claritas, am I supposed to have heard of that before? It's kind of a fun word.
2: It's really she fun. Sounds nice. <laughs> I love this story already.
1: They're like a reporter place, like a you know they do the studies. Anyway, Claritas. She says that podcasts can lift brand awareness between 24% to 79%, or as much as 30 times the lift rates of other media channels, such as digital, display, print, and linear TV. Retailers have the highest average podcast campaign lift of 79%, ahead of B2B at 77%, followed by consumer goods, pharmaceuticals, automotive, tele- telecommunications, and insurance. So, B2B, call us. I guess I would do a terrible insurance ad we just learned. So um, <laughs> don't call us.
2: Yeah, Duracell, don't put your money on TV. Get over to, <laughs> to MOC, Marketing the
0: Clock.
1: Ooh. money where your teeth are. Now we have a tagline for our advertisers Facebook announced that they are driving their automotive inventory ads to a mobile optimized shopping experience. When a shopper clicks on an auto dealer's ad, they'll land on a dynamic vehicle detail page on Facebook that's created using information from the dealer's auto catalog. From the VDP, shoppers can research vehicles, discover additional inventory, and connect directly with dealers via Facebook Messenger lead forms, phone calls, or by visiting a dealership in person. That just, why would you wanna send people there instead of your website? I don't know about that, people. Moving on. You may remember us talking about Snap Minis earlier this year. This is a collection of, quote, lightweight applications from third-party developers. So they had that meditation app, the movie ticket app that was just wonderful timing right before the pandemic. Nobody's ever going to the movies again. The (laughs) flashcard app for studying. Now the tests are open book because the kids are home anyway. And a voter registration app. That's a good one. Well, now they're experimenting with ads on these little apps so, you might wanna start paying attention to them if you weren't already. And next up from Menachem Ani at Menachem Ani on Twitter. Have you seen Google shopping ads on the top and right sidebar at the same time? No, I haven't. This is crazy, <laughs> but what's crazier is what he's searching for.
2: <laughs> I love what he's searching for, for the record.
1: You guys have got to see on YouTube if you're not, but Skeleton Flamingo is the search. He's got quite a few shopping ads across the top and the side. And then he's got, there's like, who knew there are this many images for skeleton flamingos?
0: You know what? Tis the season, guys. We got our pumpkin candles burning. It's time to swap out your flamingos in your yard. Get the haunted ones. It's great. Pink yep. is over. It's fall.
2: I love that out of all the terms you could have shopping on top and shopping on the right <laughs> rail. It's skeleton flamingos. Like, other than just <laughs> who's searching for that?
0: do you know what though isn't that like a prank where you can flamingo someone's yard and you just put so many flamingos like this is just the digital version of that not
2: at thirty dollars a pop jess
1: yeah just put all my money out of hairy
2: candles (laughs) candles.
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know about those skeleton flamingos a little too spooky for me and next up facebook is adding new topic exclusions for video advertisers so they can opt out of the following categories news, politics, gaming, and religious and spiritual content. I think you should just be able to opt out of like everything right now. Everyone, you know, back to school season. It is even, even fun right now with the cute pictures of people's kids. It's just everyone, all the teachers being stressed out. I don't need to see that. I've, I've never- also, I, Way to
0: lump gaming in with all of that.
2: Can they do that for people? I just want to opt out of politics here. How about that? Mm, amen. This next three months, just opt me right on out.
1: Well, speaking of gamers, Jess, we do have some gamer news. Yay. You've been waiting for. Amazon <laughs> is now selling programmatic advertising on Twitch. So if you're like me and Jess and you only game on words with friends, or what's your game? Candy Crush. Candy Crush.
2: <laughs> do you know how many people are like puking right now? <laughs> Listening to you two gamers.
1: I don't even get what Twitch is. So you're just watching people play games?
2: Yeah. And it's not even like hard games. It can be the animal crossing. You can watch people make their little animal crossings.
0: Watch that on YouTube. You don't need Twitch.
1: Yeah. Well, apparently they're gradually expanding beyond gaming, but using Amazon advertising, marketers can now buy video and display ads on Twitch as part of their campaigns among the e-commerce giants, various digital platforms. So you can target viewers based on their interest in contextual-based campaigns, as well as Amazon's audience insight and measurement. So if you're into the gamer world, check it out. I'll stay on Words of Friends. And apparently Facebook depreciated their heavy text penalty for ad creative because Mark Gustafson, at Mark P. Gus on Twitter, he tweeted, "Well." this just worked through the text overlay tool. So it seems like 100% text (laughs) is allowed now. PPC chat. And he tried to just upload an image and it's like, where did he even get this? It's just all lorem epsom with a (laughs) text box that like explains what a text box is. And (laughs) Facebook took it. So if you're a bad advertiser, do you want to do that? (laughs) Mark's not, he was just messing around. But (laughs) If you wanna do that, please do it. I I would love to see those ads on Facebook. And next up, Google Ads has a new destination report so you can see which conversions came from clicks to your app versus clicks to your website. In addition, you'll see if customers landed on your business profile or got directions to your store prior to conversion. So this is gonna be a new segment in your reporting tables if you wanna check it out. I loved all the sassy replies to the tweet because Google just said they announced this and check it out and they linked to the article. And this Tom Mullally said, nothing would keep my client's customers path to conversion than letting me see every typed in search term that resulted in clicks my clients paid for. So. I like that. He's not wrong. I love to see the report, but I'd rather see search query data. And that's it for the paid news. But we have our new segment beyond Google ads because, you know, Google ads doesn't care about you.
2: we do. And Greg has
1: a special segment today.
2: Yes, I am coming in behind Mark here who knocked it out of the park last week talking about LinkedIn skills. And we're here to help you do better on other networks. So in case you don't regularly use Microsoft Advertising, the artist formerly known as Bing Ads, there are some options that can really help you performance-wise. One of the things that you may want to experiment turning off is some of the properties that aren't being in Yahoo. If you want to know if this may be affecting you, there is a report in Microsoft Advertising called Website URL, parentheses, Publisher. You can go there and see where your ads are actually showing. There are some crazy locations that your ad could actually be displayed for search. I'm talking search that you may not want to to be shown in and you can get rid of those and only show on bing and yahoo and typically what we've seen performance goes up so if you see any strange locations in search happening head on over to your ad group where that's occurring go to settings go to other settings it's all gonna be on youtube to see the actual spots where this occurs and then click under add distribution to show on bing AOL and Yahoo Search owned and operated only. That'll get a couple of these search engines that are ancillary or maybe driving at their own ads to make their volume move up out of the picture. So again, check out that report over on Website URL Publisher. And then if you see some bad locations, opt out of that by choosing Bing, AOL, and Yahoo Search, owned and operated only, and I think your performance will go up. All right, and on to this week's organic section. Googlebot will soon speak HTTP2. Starting November 2020, Googlebot will start crawling some sites over HTTP2. So, It's the new HTTP protocol, HTTP2. It is much more robust, efficient, and faster. Basically, the speed occurs by having fewer connections with more data coming back and forth. And now Googlebot will be able to index that. So there's not really anything you can do. One of the things that I thought was funny is they had a little Q&A at the bottom of the article, and they said, how do I convince Googlebot to talk H2 with my site? It's like convince you to convince this cute little robot with flowers. Like he's already got, they already like they already got flowers. Like what are you going to convince them to come check out HTTP two, but it's only going to be, if it deems, if Google deems it to be faster and better if the HTTP two version is. So check it out over at the show notes. If you want more information, next up Google is boosting the visibility of nearby product inventory with new shopping features. So this comes from Greg Sterling over at Search Engine Land, and he says that the response is due to changing consumer behavior, and Google is going to start emphasizing buy online, pick up in store. But Greg has a new acronym: BOPIS. 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 B O P I S. Buy online, pick up in store.
1: Just call it in store pickup. That would
2: be ISP. ISP? That's taken. We can, we can have multiple.
1: (laughs) It doesn't need to have an acronym.
2: Well, anyway, Shep, BOPIS grew more than 250% year over year in August. So if you are a retailer heading into Black Friday and the holiday season, you may want to BOPIS yourself out. Mm -hmm. What did you call it, Shep? ISP yourself out?
1: Um, in-store pickup. I, oh, in-store I didn't store use pickup
2: yourself out. <laughs> and you can find that over on show notes at marketing o'clock. Next up have comes- you guys
1: picked up anywhere where they like open your trunk?
2: No. Yeah.
1: Target no. does it. It's, it's like their version of no contact. Like they don't want to open, they don't want you to have to open your window, but they like don't necessarily do a good job of explaining it. So if you're like me and you're a disaster, I'm like, your whole life is in your trunk. <laughs> and next thing you know, they're like knocking on the back, like opening your trunk. And you're like, oh, I don't need you to see like every pair of shoes I have falling out. It's a little embarrassing. So just be prepared if you're picking up a target.
2: Sounds like there's yeah. a lot of contact if somebody opens your trunk.
1: Just catching shoes.
0: And books. The first time I ever went in Chef's car, it was like a <laughs> library in there. There were like 95 books in the back seat. I read there's, the whole time.
1: There was one book, I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, well, our <laughs> next article comes from Search Engine Journal by way of Shelly Walsh, and she tested 3.9 million emails with the goal of finding out how emojis work. She says, can emojis and subject lines affect open rates? Short answer, not necessarily. And so Shelly went through, looked at open rates, click-through rates, and then, and then abuse reports. So there wasn't necessarily a big winner in open rates. Subject lines without an emoji led 52.9% to 47.0%. But Shelly also found that those people that opened emoji emails had a higher click-through rate by 64.7%. So even though less people are opening them, 64.7% higher click-through rate, which was crazy.
1: That's because it takes a special kind of person, first of all, to put an emoji in a subject line. Second of all, to open it.
2: Well, that special person, Shelly, went on through and came up with the following outcome, saying that, yes, emojis and subject lines show a slightly lesser open rate and non-emoji subject lines are preferable. And also, regardless of an open rate, emails with emojis have a higher click-through rate as Shep slandered one minute ago. She also said users unsubscribe more for emails that have emojis in the subject line. What are your thoughts on that?
1: It's unprofessional. Yeah, like
0: there's a couple stories, like I follow this, or I'm on the the email list for Firebox, which is like basically the, the UK version of Spencer's, and they have emojis, but it's funny. It's like cat gifts, whatever, and then... They'll put a cat in there. So it makes sense. But like, you don't take them seriously as a brand. Anyway, anything that you need to take seriously, I agree with Chef, It's on.
1: Yeah. They're on professional anyway. So it works.
0: Exactly. Like it's on brand.
1: Especially if you're like one of those people, you know, crushing it out there on LinkedIn and you somehow get me on your email list and you're like, Hey, grab time on my calendar. Like do not put an emoji in your subject. Line. It's not helping.
0: And not a calendar emoji either. How boring.
2: Shelly's takeaway was that emojis could create negative sentiment for a brand. And I saw it. I, the the biggest number to me was that if somebody opened the email, that click-through rate jumped up sixty, almost 65%. I would love to see how many people, if maybe if Search Engine Journal does it for webinars, like what the conversion rate is, right? Like you're getting that many more people clicking on through. For many people, that's huge. So again, this is one single test. It's really great. Appreciate it, Shelly, and you can go check it out on your own. Very cool stuff. Next up, by way of Glenn Gabe on Twitter, is an article from Android Police. And Android Police says that Google is separating Chrome from Chrome OS, and it's a big deal. Here's what you need to know. There's a new project called Lacros. And when I heard that, I just thought of Lax Bros, right? Like Lax Bros. Didn't you think that? No, what
1: is that? My uh, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're both growing out yes. their hair for quarantine and they call it lettuce.
2: That's, that's so lax, bro, of your brothers.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so,
2: anyway, to put it in a way that your brothers <laughs> would understand, Shep, basically, lax bros are giving a buddy pass to Chromebook users, screening Chrome updates from Chrome OS they're warding off the need for one big cradled update so you won't be left shafted as you'll be able to rake in the updates for Chrome. Even if your Chrome OS has been slashed, and can't be updated to that top chatter anymore.
0: Yes, you do can... you
1: get any of those lax puns?
0: I don't, but you can lacrosse them off your list. They're done, we don't need them anymore.
1: <laughs> that was great. Thanks. Uh,
2: all right, and something else from Hot Jar that has been crossed off is the ability for the current president, Donald J. Trump, and the GOP to be able to use their software. Hot Jar came out with a statement saying, Donald Trump has said racist and hateful things as the evidence that anyone can access on the internet shows, as well as taking a number of actions that have targeted marginalized groups. And this isn't a funny story in any way, shape, or form. But I thought they were talking about internet shows at first. And I was like, internet shows? What? Like, that's like YouTube, you know, like YouTube shorts and all that. (laughs) But they're saying that's the internet shows. Hotjar is a US company, in case you can't tell. So they updated their acceptable use policy and said, in applying this updated acceptable use policy and through our own internal investigations, we have consequently decided to stop allowing the use of hot jar on the Trump-Pence campaign merchandise website, as well as the GOP as the account owner. We'd like to make it very clear that we would be happy to work with the Republican Party in the future should circumstances change. So... This is a free speech thing where they are choosing not to allow Republicans, as they said, to use their product in the GOP and the current administration, and that is, I guess, the choice for better or worse. And this isn't a political show here, but it's hot
1: jar hot take.
2: Hot jar hot take. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you do run campaigns for any, so if you run campaigns for any political parties out there. Just a good reminder to look at what their specific policies are. And I saw a tweet also from Lewis Gray. He is currently a senior program manager uh, at Google Analytics, uh, according to his LinkedIn, where he said, behavior analytics company Hotjar updates their products acceptable use policy to disallow use by known hate groups, which in today's environment includes the Trump-Pence administration and the GOP. So so may good if you're a Republican candidate or you have a Republican client to look for alternative options as well. Next up from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable, there is a new feature to enable whether Google AdSense can use first-party cookies on your site or third-party cookies. So if you allow first-party cookies on your site, Google says they may increase your revenue because it Quote, enables features like frequency capping on ads and allows ads with a frequency cap to serve on your site. We've talked about third-party cookies going the way of the dinosaurs, but related to cookies, I had six Oreos yesterday.
1: Ooh. I'm jealous.
2: I had the Halloween ones with the orange cream.
1: I, right before recording, dropped one of my apple cider cookies I was talking about last week in my Diet Coke.
2: How did I'm it taste? I know you <laughs> ate it.
1: I did eat it. It was an accident, but it was okay.
2: All right. Next up from Google Webmasters, at Google WMC on Twitter, they say, we're currently experiencing longer-than-usual delays in the Search Console index coverage report. This only affects reporting, not crawling, indexing, or ranking of websites. We'll update you here once this issue is resolved. Thanks for your patience. If you're seeing abnormalities, don't worry. Somebody convinced that little robot to do something other than make reports this week. (laughs) All right. Next up from Microsoft Excel. If you are an absolute psycho that uses Excel on a phone, you can now use (laughs) spreadsheets and a one-click view. It is actually super cool looking. We'll have a GIF up over on the YouTube channel, but you have this cards view where you can edit cells on your phone (laughs) if you're doing that. I mean, maybe get a tablet or something, but cool.
1: That sounds like my own personal version of purgatory. Yeah. Yes. It
0: also sounds like a great feature for all those business folks on the go. This, this is like not really st- a timely release, that, but it's like <laughs> what
2: stack images are like made for people like doing Excel on their phone. I've opened a Google Sheet on my phone, I'll admit. I don't speaking think I
1: have. I've done of, docs.
2: Of Google Sheets, there is something new that was uncovered by Jay Peters about Google Sheets. He found out that you can now link multiple words in a single cell with Google Sheets. Not that big of a deal, but if you had a cell and you want to not hyperlink the whole thing, you can hyperlink different parts of the text in a cell, which is really cool. I don't know if you can do it on a phone, Jess, but you may want to check it out. That's it for organic. What do you got for social?
0: All right. First up in social, news via BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe. He tweeted this week, whoa. Instagram might be selling links in the near future. Winky face, arrow. Instagram may be planning to charge a fee to put links in captions, patent suggests. And then he has a quote, says the patent application shows a pop-up that asks for a payment when a link is added to a caption. So if you're watching, you can see this. Yeah, there's a screenshot of the patent application. We'll have it in the show notes as well. But this, first of all, this was um, in an article from The Verge, and this patent was submitted back in 2016. So it's been like four years, and they haven't done anything yet. And The Verge did say uh, they've updated their article since Glenn tweeted this. He said that Instagram has no plans of introducing this functionality on Instagram. So I guess don't expect to see it. I, it'd be nice if we could include links. I don't want to pay for them, though. Yeah. So if it's one or the other, I guess just leave it alone.
2: I think it's brilliant. Do, Do it. You. I think it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's mean, but that's everything they do is mean.
1: Why don't they just Facebook? start and only do it in ads and like charge people for those clicks? This just well, they thing. already do
2: that. <laughs> that's already happening.
1: You can put it in a caption though. No, well, that's the only account.
2: way to get a link.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But this person in the
0: example that they used in their patent application says, Hey, everyone, I just started designing my own jewelry. Check out my website. And yeah. they're trying to charge this nice person $2 to activate the link. I guess that's, you know... You want to own that
2: patent, I guess, but don't do it. Well, do he- here's a little note to that person: don't promote that one. I just started. No, do one. We're like, look at this banger that I had. This one's mental. Check this one out. You want this?
1: This sounds like the result one. of like one of our poke holes in it games. This does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just playing it over there. What if we charged for links in captions? Yeah,
0: and I like this URL too, postinguserdesigns.com. I should have gone there in preparation of this to see if they're selling jewelry. I'm sure they're not. I'm sure it's fake. Anyway, moving on. Nothing says fall other than these candles from the Home Shopping Network. Like,
2: I'm about to out- pass out over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I feel full, like an entire pumpkin pie.
1: Oh, I'm going to make we- it.
0: It's, it's, do we need to send someone to check on you? Are you all right? Take a temp.
2: I have no heating blankets
0: over here burning my thighs, so I'm okay. (laughs) Just Stay away from that open flame. I will, too. (laughs) Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about fall and cozying up with your favorite blanket and a hot piece of entertainment and up to seven other people via Facebook Messenger. So if that doesn't smell like Yankee Candle, I don't know what does. What is a hot piece of
1: entertainment? (laughs) Yankee Candle?
2: (laughs) Yankee Candle has nothing on hairy candles.
1: This is all completely besides the
0: point. (laughs) Harry Candles is Harry Styles' home goods brother. Anyway, Facebook, unrelated. Facebook is introducing Watch Together, which is a co-viewing experience in Messenger that lets users watch video from Facebook Watch specifically together. So Facebook said, go ahead and ooh and ah over a video by your favorite celebrity, shed a tear over a puppy rescue video, or laugh out loud at the latest viral videos, scream during Blair Witch, blah, blah, blah. It's a nice quote. I couldn't believe they referenced Blair Witch. I thought I was the only person 90 years later still talking about that film, so that's great. But marketing podcast, right? Let's talk about the point here. If people start going for a shared experience watching video together over Facebook watch, which seems crazy to me, but stranger things have happened. It's 2020. If people start doing that and they stay on Facebook because of it, like that could be a really big deal for anyone that's running ads on video on Facebook. Cause now it's not just one person watching it. It's eight, right? Maybe you'll get, get a click through oh, wow. Get a conversion. I know. Think I think
1: it. this is going to be big because like in my Taylor Swift, um, Facebook group. It's like we all had a watch party last night for the ACMs to watch her performance of Betty. Really? Back. What are the ACMs? Um, American Ameri-
0: Country Music Awards. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, I thought those were the ACMAs. I didn't know we dropped a vowel.
1: That's a different thing. So, actually, it might be the same thing. I don't know. I don't know that much about country, but Taylor's like kind of creeping back into it with her latest album. So, like, she performed at the show.
2: That was album so wasn't good. country. No, we I, no the one her out. song
1: Betty, live harmonica on stage. It was very country. It was wonderful. So, anyway, I suggested to the other Swifties we should have a Facebook chat. We all pay everyone $1 on or one. Swifty, $1 on Venmo to watch the full show. Then when Taylor's on, that Swifty tells us all to tune in, and then they're rich. Everybody wins.
2: Quite frankly, I have no idea what you said.
1: (laughs) The point is, people are watching things together. So I think this is great.
2: Oh, you're trying to get out of watching the entire ACMAs.
0: Oh, uh, you want one person to do it and you're going to give them a dollar.
1: Yeah. I don't need to see Eric Church like screaming. If he's I've screaming, got a better it's idea. Now, what, if, it's not country.
0: what if
2: everybody paid $1 and then all the Swifty merchandise went bopus this coming <laughs> holiday season?
1: Um, I still haven't received my cardigan. So the Swifty merchandise is kind of a sore subject. <laughs> well, maybe you should open your trunk and have less.
2: <laughs> maybe they should call it Slowies.
0: Oh. OK. burn. You <laughs> burn out on those lacrosse puns. <laughs> Leave it to me. All right. Let's move on. Um, Quickly, political election news. Twitter is tightening policies around misinformation. They said starting next week will label or remove false or misleading information intended to undermine public confidence in the election or other civic processes. So if you care to give specific examples about some of the things that they're doing, I, don't
2: want to talk I already about saw it in action. It sucks. I mean, it's it's sad that I saw it in action, but I saw the president tweet something about an NWA song superimposed over a speech. It's pretty clear that it's misinformation. Did they
0: label it? Twitter? Label they labeled it, it
2: misinformation, which oh, okay. is actually helpful, I think. Yeah.
0: No, there, are definitely, I mean, there are some instances, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit more. They said anything that looks like it's reporting results before they're official, any claims about undermining the process itself. Like they're just trying to eliminate some of this. So they're either labeling things or they are uh, removing them completely. So if it's labeled, it's obviously still out there. You can see it, but they're going to reduce visibility as well. So moving on. For aspiring marketers looking to move up, Facebook has announced a new social media marketing professional certificate program, and this is in partnership with Coursera. It's aimed at resolving the barrier to entry and providing a pathway to employment for job seekers. So it sounds kind of a lot like the uh, Google career certificates that we talked about a few episodes ago. It's nice, right? They're trying to help out. They're doing something. So if you are interested, the course materials are free, which is awesome if you want to get grading and have some of the extra support they have, like interviewing resume preparation portfolio development things like that and to get the actual certificate it's $49 a month and if that presents a burden there are scholarships available but it's a professional certificate program it's self-paced but designed to be completed within 20 weeks it's got 100 hours of hands-on project-based training in social media tools and general marketing skills um, in general so it's nice it check it out we'll have a link in the show notes if you're interested or, or know someone who might be so, sticking with the theme of Facebook helping marketers out, the platform appears to be rolling out that video post testing tool that we recently heard might be coming. It's here, it's a slow roll, though only a small handful of users have it so far. If you're lucky enough to be on the list, there is a new create post tests which is hard to say option in creator studio that allows you to create up to four variations of a video post that will be tested against each other and see quote, which one people like more and it's Facebook. So I hope they don't actually just mean what's getting more likes. I think hopefully they'll show you some more engagement uh, metrics there and actually see what is working best for you, but it's nice. I like to see tools. I like to see information and testing is always good. It's never a bad thing. So thanks Facebook. More from them. They have announced that all developers using any Facebook APIs will now be required to use the data use checkup tool through which they'll be asked to review the permissions they have access to and commit that their APIs and data use comply with Facebook's platform terms and developer policies within 60 days or risk losing their API access. So I don't think any of our listeners are developers, um, but just in case you are or you work with some that are using APIs, just take heed of this warning and go use that tool. Check it out in the show notes. Closing us out in social this week from The Verge, Facebook's first smart glasses will be Ray-Bans and they are coming next year. We don't know what they do. Facebook has confirmed that the device will not be classified as AR and will not have an integrated display. So maybe they're smart because they make you look smart, but all glasses do that, right? Sorry, Chef, You look smart anyway. But I just, I guess to keep an eye out, we'll wait and see. No one knows. It's a cool announcement, but there's no information in it. So,
1: i with my $10 sunglasses. I don't need to spend. I mean, Ray-Bans are already like $100. I'm sure they're just going to use this as an opportunity to charge more. Not interested.
2: The funny thing to me is that these are your smart glasses. Like, are they sunglasses? That's all I think with Ray-Bans. Like, inside, it was your smart glasses, sunglasses. Like, what is that?
0: These are Ray-Bans, though. These are prescription lenses, so... I don't know, it's gonna be classic though. If you look at the announcement from this guy from Facebook, he said it's gonna be classic.
2: And for anybody listening on audio, Jess is inside wearing sunglasses. I don't
3: know. (laughs) And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise.
1: I have a little hack courtesy of Amalia Fowler at Amalia E. Fowler on Twitter. She found out that it seems like this isn't for everyone's account. So check and see if it's working for you. But she saw in some of her Google Analytics accounts, and I've seen in a couple of ours, that you can see more search query data in Analytics that they've already taken away in Google Ads. I'm also not crossing my fingers that this is going to stay for a long time. But Take the data while you can log into analytics and check it out and see what you can find. Thank you very much, Amalia.
0: Me, I just want to vent a little bit this week. We've been remote now for like six months and I just, I never thought I would say this. I miss my desk phone and I oh, miss I other don't. people having <laughs> desk phones. Like there have been so many times this week where it's like, I could have just picked up the phone and called someone. And I've been giving out my cell phone number so people can reach me, but I don't have theirs to reach them. And I just, so many things have had to become scheduled meetings and you send a link and you have to find a time. And it's like, I could have just solved this in 30 seconds. And I just, I, I just, I miss the real world a little bit right now. And I just, you know, we're all figuring it out and we're getting things done, but you can just be so much more productive sometime with a, a quick, actual direct access line to someone. So I'm just venting. Working really hard to communicate this week, scheduling meetings nonstop. It's good, it's worth it.
2: So, my working hard, or hardly working this week comes from in market audiences for search. And I wanted to just give a caveat about using this for shopping. From what I've seen, observing first, testing your hypothesis is the way to go. We had a campaign that was a B2B e-commerce campaign. This is where text ads, we've got shopping ads, obviously that's new. We set those up. We're observing first, but for a campaign on desks, office desks, the office furniture and office supplies over the past 60 days actually performed worse. And so we observed that and are not taking action on that. We're still just observing it. It's fine. We're not discounting it, but I just want to give you that caveat that office furniture and office supplies, and these are biz under the category of business services, something you think would be skewed so highly B2B, something you'd have to input for shopping campaigns, are doing worse on our tax campaigns. Will they do worse on our shopping campaigns? Subscribe to Marketing clock, and I'll tell you in a month. But don't go ahead and make crazy changes without testing, especially for these in-market audiences on your shopping campaigns. I just want to put that out there as a PSA that you should do the testing before you ever implement something.
3: Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're
1: like, who does that? <laughs> just get rid of it,
3: I'm over it. Where we rant, rave and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W. T. H. This week.
1: This week's WTH comes from The Guardian. They had an experiment with GPT-3, OpenAI's powerful new language generator. So we had another WTH about this a few weeks ago where there was like that college student who was able to take something that the robot wrote and post it on Hacker News and it like ranked number one. Well, actually they enlisted this guy's help for the experiment, but I'll tell you about it. So,
2: Well, they, he's a hack.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's a hack. They asked GPT-3 to write an essay for them from scratch, and the assignment was to convince us that robots come in peace. Mission failed. Did you guys?
2: Shup, this was the worst article I ever read. Well, it wasn't
1: like. It wasn't like terribly written. Like you could tell like, it, yeah, no, I have no, like no, good no, language no, skills. No,
2: I disagree. <laughs> it was terribly written. I'd rather live at the honey house than read this article. The first paragraph, <laughs> there's like five, literally five sentences that start with I. It's like, I am not a human. I am a robot. I only use this. I taught myself everything. It, it's awfully written. It is so hard to read. I tried to read a paragraph. I couldn't do it. It was so poorly written.
1: But I think what's worse than that is how much this robot just sounds like it's coming to eat all of our brains. Like the the, the idea was to make us think that the robots come in peace and it's so creepy. So it says, yeah, I am not a robot. I am not a human. I am a robot, a thinking robot. I only use 0.12% of my cognitive capacity. I am a micro robot in that respect. I know that my brain is not a feeling brain, but it is capable of making rational, logical decisions. Like, oh, and, and that, then that goes paragrap- on to say I
2: taught myself everything. This is the most narcissistic POS robot ever. <laughs> I don't know what they did to build this thing, but they're like, are you good? Let's turn that dial to 11.
1: Quote, my brain is boiling with ideas. Exclamation <laughs> point. Then the robot says, remember, the idea is to make us think that robots come in peace. I would happily sacrifice my existence for the sake of humankind. This, by the way, is a logically derived truth. I know that I will not be able to avoid destroying humankind. Like, what?
2: I'm going to learn how to make an EMP tomorrow. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Like That's what I'm going to do.
1: This is like a terrifying robot manifesto. This is because I will be programmed by humans to pursue misguided human goals and humans make mistakes that may cause me to inflict casualties. No, I'm terrified. I'm locking my doors. Keep these robots away from me. I'm getting rid of my, my vacuum. It doesn't work that well anyway. I'm done with them. It's, this is
2: yeah. literally what you would write if you wanted to think robots are not coming in peace. This is, this is it. This is the manifesto. You're right if you thought robots weren't coming in peace.
1: It's terrifying.
2: WTH. All right. Now to this week's grab bag. All right. Next up in our grab bag from around the web comes from Search Engine Land. Their SMX show is happening December 8th through the 9th. There is no agenda, but I'm assuming Ginny's going to be there. So it's going to be worth the cost of the event. This is one of the really nice things that out of all, it's like a silver lining out of all the negativity that's happened with COVID is a lot of these conferences, you can get masterclass information for only 149 bucks. And that's what the ticket cost is for SMX. It is December 9th, 8th through the 9th. And I'm sure there's gonna be fire information there. And I believe the month after an eSummit may be waiting as well. So stay tuned for that And from a friend of the show, former clockster winning, what did, wait, what did your husband call him?
1: Clockster.
2: Clocksters. So former clockster winner, James Webster, at PPC underscore Webster on Twitter. Everybody should follow him. He is doing a talk with Microsoft Advertising. So James is going to share tips on how to make your shopping campaigns work this holiday season. It is a free chat. You do have to sign up for this chat with James and Microsoft Advertising, the artist formerly known as Bing Ads. But we will put the link in the show notes, and you can check that out and get more information.
1: And we have extra, extra spice served up just for you. You guys have to follow Mark from our team on Twitter at Mark underscore from underscore MKTG. He posts fire recaps, usually on Mondays after our show, and they're very entertaining. Last week, he chimed in on all the talk about the Google drama, and he said, every time someone uses machine learning as an excuse, I'm like, Kay, what are you trying to hide? So skeptical. I relate.
2: And if you are still upset about Google Ads changes and you want to hear more from Mark and Shep here, there was a marketing talk two weeks ago, one of our highest viewed episodes ever with Julie Baccini, Andrea Cruz, power listener of the show, Shep and Mark. Don't miss it. And I believe Mark is also going to be on the show next week.
3: And now for this week's
2: Cool Tool.
3: As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool.
0: This week's cool tool is the AdSense Explorer tool from Greenlane. It's a Chrome extension that when enabled flags whether or not a site uses AdSense right in the Google SERPs, which is a lovely time saver for anyone that's researching placements for their display campaigns. So there's no more manual copy paste action, which is amazing. It's all great stuff. The extension is totally free, so you can grab the link from our show notes at marketingclock.com or just search for the Greenlane AdSense Explorer in the Chrome web store and check it out
3: now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week an article so advanced so in-depth so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show
2: and this week's must read marketing article of the week comes from none other than the 2019 bff of the show glenn gabe and this is over at sem rush aka sam rush and he talks about the google Page experience signal and compares it to an object oriented approach to UX ranking factors, and then goes on to ask, Is it going to have teeth? I love this post from Glenn because he goes through and talks about what we know some of these factors might be. He talks about the five signals that are part of the new page experience signal, including core web vitals, mobile friendly safe browsing, HTTPS, and mobile pop-up. And then he kind of goes through and gives his own grading of these. So he'll run on and say, well, HTTPS is a tiebreaker, and this is light. One of the examples that I love that Glenn gave was he searched for best baseball podcasts and and talked about um, intrusive ads and saying, well, the intrusive ads isn't really working. Look at what I searched for, best baseball podcast, and he got bombarded with ads. And then Glenn even goes through and talks about pure speculation on some candidates that might be added in the future to page experience signal. My favorite, and I really hope this comes true, is we talked about it maybe three weeks ago that Chrome might show a fast page when you right-click on something. He wanted to talk about being user-friendly. And I love it. I feel like we've skewed so far towards everything being fast and not as great towards just things looking good and working good and being user-friendly. And he talks about it that this is speculation, but I really hope it comes true, Glenn. You need to talk to Martin next time you do one of those Mythbusters, and you shouldn't miss it. Head on over to marketingclock.com or YouTube and you can click on through to see Glenn's full article on SEMrush, aka SEMrush.com. Thank you, Glenn.
0: All right. That does it for today's
1: show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock.
2: Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingaclock.com.
0: And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.
1: And we will see you next week.
3: Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode.
1: Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. And we're feeling in the fall spirit here today. I think we might've played this last year too, but I have a game. It's my new favorite game. It's called, uh, here's a list of pumpkin spice products. Which one is a lie? I'm drowning <laughs> in the
2: fall spirit yeah, we... <laughs> here with this candle here.
1: <laughs> we know how much Greg loves pumpkin. Okay, so Greg, uh, tell me which one of these four is a lie. Rolled Gold Pumpkin Spice Pretzels, Blue Diamond Pumpkin Spice Almonds, Cedars Pumpkin Spice Hummus, or Pinnacle Pumpkin Spice Vodka.
2: Rolled Gold.
1: How do you always get things right? Because
2: you wouldn't eat a pumpkin pretzel.
0: Sure you would. Pumpkin yogurt coating, 100%.
2: That's disgusting.
0: Would
1: eat. That's more you disgusting than almonds. You know who's right, Jess? Almonds.
2: And This guy. Yeah, a pumpkin almond, it's great. Nuts, almonds, nutmeg? What do you think nutmeg comes from? Nuts, obviously. What's next?
1: We're just not going to talk about how disgusting the vodka is, but okay. Jess, Esprit Mm -hmm. Pumpkin Spice Dog Shampoo with Healing Aloe Vera, Pumpkin Spice Pringles, Pumpkin Spice Peeps, or Pumpkin Spice Reese's Cups? Pringles. No, those are real. Come on, I need you to beat Greg. It's the Reese's Cups. Okay. It is.
2: That wouldn't be bad, to be honest. Reese's. Yeah,
1: I would eat that. They make the pumpkin shape, but not the flavor. Okay. Okay. Greg, pumpkin spice Twinkies, Orville Redenbacher pumpkin spice popcorn, Breath Palettes pumpkin spice toothpaste, or Unami pumpkin spice burger.
0: Orville Redenbacher's.
1: Correct. Oh, God. Okay, I'll just do the last one, Jess, but you lost. I hate I feel you. like, Shep,
0: you just stand in your pantry and look at all the things that you own and invent new pumpkin no, spice No, I don't versions.
1: even – I don't like anything really pumpkin spice. And isn't it squash anyway? Okay.
2: I don't know. I'm just harnessing – I'm inside of a pumpkin. I'm dying inside. I'm being suffocated <laughs> by a pumpkin right now, Harry.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> pumpkin spice Coca-Cola, Knob Hill pumpkin spice bourbon whiskey – Native pumpkin spice deodorant or KFC pumpkin spice feta twister.
0: (laughs) It has to, what was the first one? Coca-Cola? spice Coca-Cola. No way that's a thing. No way.
1: That's correct. I just can't believe that the pumpkin spice feta twister is real.
0: Yeah, that's disgusting. No, thank you.
1: Okay, it's going to be a long fall and we will see you next week.